Good morning and welcome to this recorded service for Sunday, the 1st of November 2020. This is All Saints Day. My name is the Reverend Peter Walker and today's prayers are contributed by Alan Stephen and the readings by Stephen Foster. The hymns are once again by the St Martin Singers. And our opening hymn today is For All the Saints Who From Their Labours Rest. take a moment of silence to recollect God's presence with us.
Christ calls us to share the heavenly banquet of his love with all the saints in earth and heaven. Knowing our unworthiness and sin, let us ask from him both mercy and forgiveness. God our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins. For turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us, Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son, Father, forgive us. Save us and help us. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you pardon and forgiveness of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and strength of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of holiness, your glory is proclaimed in every age. As we rejoice in the faith of your saints, inspire us to follow their example with boldness and joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. First reading is Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 to 17. The great multitude in white robes. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
The Gospel reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. The Beatitudes He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, please speak through me and stir all of our hearts to love you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. For many years, I was the vicar of a church in Coventry. At the east end of that church building was a round window, what you'd call a rose window the window being divided into eight segments. In each of the segments, there was a picture of an angel holding a scroll. And written on those scrolls, if you could see it, were the eight Beatitudes. Now, I'll admit that when I first went there, the Beatitudes did not mean very much to me. Indeed, they didn't straight away. But as the years have gone by, I have come to treasure this dramatic and unexpected opening to Jesus' greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. I love the Beatitudes because they are part and parcel of that pattern of God's behaviour that we call grace. God's generous gifts given to all, given to those who don't deserve them. God's dealings, even with the weak and the sinful. God's dealings always begin with this free gift, this grace. It's a pattern you see again and again through the Bible. Just a few examples. In the Garden of Eden, God gave the man and woman the good earth. He gave fruit to eat. He gave the animals to tend. He gave all of this before he commanded, do not eat of the one tree. Likewise, At the Exodus, God led the people out of slavery in Egypt. And then he told Moses, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods. It's deliverance before command. Luke's Gospel likewise opens with the gift of God. The story of Jesus' ministry begins with the sermon in Nazareth, where Jesus reads the words of Isaiah. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. 
words which Jesus says come true in him that day. And of course, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 begins with these great blessings on the needy before ever Jesus issues any instructions or commands or challenges. This is the way that God works again and again. His commands come as a request for us to respond to his gifts. So, for instance, he forgives us and then requires us to forgive one another in our turn. Or as John puts it, we love too because he loved us first. Look at the Beatitudes. They begin, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless you if you are poor in spirit. Bless you, all you needy people, you who who know you're helpless and hopeless and without God. Bless you, the addict who, who cannot free themselves. Bless you, the wretchedly poor, the dependent on benefits or, or charity. Bless you, you who are overwhelmed by troubles, you who've got to the end of your strength. To all of these, Jesus promises the kingdom of heaven, that is, the evident rule of God. Nothing other than Jesus' presence himself in their lives. There's a verse in Isaiah in the Old Testament, Isaiah 57 and verse 15, which says, This is what the High and Exalted One says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but, get this, also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly. Isn't that lovely? God says, I live with the lowly. So Jesus announces blessings on all the wretched people who cannot help themselves. He says, I'm right there with them. This promise actually feels almost shocking in its universality. It's not limited to Christians or the church. There is also a wonderful symmetry here between Matthew 5 and Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 5 is this passage. Matthew 25 is the parable of the sheep and the goats. Matthew 5 says Jesus will be with the poor in spirit. Matthew 25 says, If you do an act of kindness to one of the least of people, you do it for Jesus. Very similar. Hence, the good news for everybody is that if we run out of our own resources and turn to God, then God will not be very far away. Blessings on the poor in spirit. But the reverse is also true. Woe to the spiritually self-sufficient. Yeah, some such people write books and even lead churches, but they're not part of Jesus' kingdom. If we think of the kingdom of heaven, we are, of course, inclined to think of spiritual power, 
And I know churches seek leaders who are full of power and energy and vision. Jesus, however, says the kingdom of heaven is found with those who are empty, or verse 10, who are persecuted. The next three Beatitudes make a similar point. Jesus announces blessings on the broken-hearted, on the humble little people, and on those who hunger and thirst for what is right. But with a slight shift, because here Jesus changes the tense. Whereas the poor in spirit are part of his kingdom now, Jesus offers future blessings to the broken-hearted. They will be comforted. To the little people, they will get the earth. To those hungering for right, they will be satisfied. And herein, of course, lies so much of the tension and pain that we feel as Christians. Jesus' kingdom is not complete yet. We only see glimpses of it. When we pray, one or two are healed, but there remains so much suffering. Only when Jesus returns will the kingdom be complete. So it is that Jesus begins his greatest sermon, not with a big call or a a holy requirement, but with grace, vast unlimited grace, grace like the ocean, blessings on the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice another thing too. Some of the Beatitudes you could turn into a prayer. Blessed are the merciful. Lord, make me merciful. Blessed are those who hunger for the right. Lord, may I hunger for what is right. But you cannot properly pray to be poor in spirit, or heartbroken for that matter. Yet I believe that these Beatitudes are for far more people than we realise. You see, the attitudes of our success-driven society have infected our churches too. But in reality, we are surrounded by many, many impoverished, helpless, weeping people. If these people are hidden, then they're hidden in plain sight, for they're all around us. Indeed, they are in our midst, some of us. In this year, many of us have found at times the end of our own resources. The question is where do we turn next? Do we turn to the God who is near or do we put our faith in other things, in other saviours? If you feel today that you are spiritually poor and weak, then I want you to know that as a first priority, God is on your side. Of course, sometimes human words have power. The umpire's decision, or the minister's declaration of a valid marriage, or the judge's sentence. But Jesus' words have far greater power. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus spoke and creation came into being. Jesus commanded and the storm was stilled. Many of us, if someone does something nice for us, are in the habit of saying, 
bless you for that. We pray and we hope that our words will be true. But consider Jesus' words. He created the Atlantic Ocean with a word. And when he says, bless you, things happen. He says, bless you, when you feel crushed and at the end of your resources. Jesus says, I am with you in your time of need. As one of the poor in spirit, you are part of my kingdom. Blessings on you, says Jesus. Amen. Our next hymn assures us of God's love and care. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on your side.
sisters and brothers in Christ, let us come to the Lord in hope, let us pray to the Lord in faith, and let us hold to the Lord throughout our lives. Our prayers and intercessions are a litany of life. Lord, keep safe the newborn baby who struggles for life in the hospital incubator. Hear us, good Lord. Give reassurance to the child, unnerved by the sound of his parents arguing. Hear us, good Lord. Guard well the teenager, tempted to gain acceptance by taking drugs at a party. Hear us, good Lord. Guide clearly the young person who is not quite sure if their current partner is really the one for their life. Hear us, good Lord. Give patience to the young person who could make so much more money quickly by bending the rules. Hear us, good Lord. Be close to the young parents, both delighted and stretched to the limit by their first child. Hear us, good Lord. Give hope to the distraught mother, frightened by her anger with her crying baby. Hear us, good Lord. Call back the tempted husband, following his instincts towards another woman. Hear us, good Lord. Give confidence to the person in middle age, redundant, bewildered and afraid. Hear us, good Lord. Bless with reassurance the middle-aged person who wonders if they took a wrong turn some time back. Hear us, good Lord. Open the heart of the embittered fifty-something-year-old who was passed over for the better job. Hear us, good Lord. Give freedom and hope to the person who retired early but is not sure whether they should be elated or depressed. Hear us, good Lord. Guard closely the lonely, the sick and the dispirited, and touch them with your deeper wholeness. Hear us, good Lord. Keep watch with those coming close to their destiny, afraid of the pain and unsure of the future. Hear us, good Lord. And so, in your mercy, gather to yourself every faithful believer and those whose faith is known to you alone, and present us all, complete in Christ, to the joy of your coming kingdom. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our final hymn, The Day Thou Gavest, Lord, is ended.
God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know the hope to which he has called you. Amen. God, who has shown you a pattern of holy living and holy dying in the lives of the saints, bring you to share their glorious inheritance. Amen. God, who calls you no longer strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints, set your hearts and minds on things above, where Christ is seated at God's right hand. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be amongst you and all those whom you pray for this day and forevermore. Amen.